Hello, I'm Daniel Sketchler. And I'm Callum Byrne. We've been friends for more than 10 years, sharing lifelong passions such as film and music. But most importantly, football, through the ups and the downs, the celebration and the heartbreak. However, he's a blue nose. And he's a villain. This is the Second City Podcast. Not too bad. Not too bad. Can't good. complain. Good. I'm a little. Um, as I was telling you before we came on, I was. A, I'm a, a little snivelly at the minute. A little blued <laughs> off. I went, went on holiday to Ireland last week, and we had a house of just ill people. That by the end of it, to be honest, <laughs> um, that's why Cal's really glad we're doing this meeting over Zoom, and not in person. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's not, it's not, not, nothing serious, thankfully. I was well enough to go to the Blues on Saturday, thankfully. Um, I've been able to go to work and everything, but just a little bit. Uh, I've had better days. It's mad. It's like mid-August and I'm just all... It's, this is wrong, man. This it just shouldn't be the case in mid-August. <laughs> the yes. weather's been pretty dreadful as well, but... It's been it's horrendous. Been it's been horrendous, yeah. But, um, but yes, uh, so this is our first podcast that we're going to actually share with the world. We've done a few like practice ones, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Uh, we've been talking about doing a podcast for quite a long time now, haven't we, Dan? Probably about yeah. at least 12 months, maybe a bit longer. Yeah, I remember... That. I remember chatting to you, we'd spoken about it before, but I remember chatting to you about it, like, sort of seriously for the first time on New Year's, if you know what I mean, like, New Year's this year, just yeah. um, but like, we'd mentioned it before, though, and, like, uh, but we kind of came up with, like, concepts around New Year, um, and it's, as I say, it's August now, so, finally getting around to it. Yeah, so we've, as, as Dan said, we've done a few practice ones, we thought we'd try and launch on the new season, so I'm sure it'll... It will get better as we go through it and start publish them. A bit yeah, more. but uh, but like, I guess the concept is obviously we, we talk a lot about football. I mean, anyway, just in our spare time. Obviously, I'm a Blues fan. You're a Villa fan, and yeah. it's just really, I don't know. It's a very we always have very good. I feel like we always have very good conversations about football though, and we have a good understanding of like each other's clubs and and so on. And it's quite interesting getting the perspective of sort of the two sides of Birmingham think like the rest is politics but for football it's kind of the yeah. theme for the podcast if you know what I mean yeah we saw that we're putting our rivalries aside because there will be yeah. that sort of tit for tat but it's yeah. also giving you a bit of insight onto the other side because I feel like the phrase keep your en- friends close but your enemies closer know your enemy sort of yes thing. absolutely um, absolutely and especially at the minute with like the clubs being in separate divisions and having very different things going on um and it's also just an interesting way for us obviously you live like down south now i live in birmingham still it's just a cool way for us to catch up as well talk about something we're really passionate about so um it's as much for us as it is for you know anyone else really wicked so reluctantly shall we actually start talking about the football (laughs) yeah well first of all should we get into uh, a topic we're going to start every show with which is what we're wearing so we're going to start, we have like another thing we talk about constantly and we will, I, I can see us doing whole episodes on this in the future, is um, is kits where you just buy football shirts like religiously. Um, yeah. And so we start each episode, uh, we'll wear a different shirt every episode, but different, I'll wear a different blue shirt, obviously Cal will wear a different Villa shirt. Um, and we'll talk about what that shirt means to us when it's from, um, our memories of that time at the club and so on. So should we start with you in the Villa? Yeah, I've got last year's home shirt. Um, you'll see why in a second, Dan. But this is a shirt with good memories. Um, yeah. Obviously, we the season started really poorly under 
he who must not be named um, before Unai Emery took over and we qualified for Europe for, well, the Conference League playoff, which is coming up. Um, so it was a really good season for us in the end last year. But the main reason I've worn the shirt, down is for what's on the back, oh. which is, I don't know if you can see. Oh, rest in peace. <laughs> is Mings number five. Yes, oh gosh. So, I, I had another shirt which arrived this week. I'll tell you a bit of a story. So um, I was really excited for football to return. Called my friend Will up, well, our friend Will, and was like, hey, you're an Arsenal fan, you're on telly at half 12. We're on at half five. Let's have a day in the pub and watch the football, which we did. So I had a shirt that arrived and I, and that will come out on another day. Um, nice. But because of what happened in the game and how much bad luck that shirt bought, decided not to wear it for the first podcast. Fair enough. Very interesting. Um, I assume that is one of this season's kits. It's not a retro kit. It's one of the brand new ones. It's it's an old kit. Interesting, interesting. So, okay. Oh, very interesting. Uh, I am wearing uh, a 1516 140th anniversary kit, um, which I actually... So this kit, 2015, came out, so that's eight years ago somehow. Um, but I only bought this kit about six months ago. There was like um, a pop... I always regretted not getting it, um, but a <laughs> pop-up shop in Birmingham in the ball ring opened uh in like march or april and they had this one for like 25 quid um and i always regret not getting it i love like the sash design it's got like supporters names and uh, like written into it um oh. but it was just a really it's got the unique badge as well as the first it's the only season we had this badge for in like the modern era um but first of all it's probably the oldest kit that still fits me like in terms of if you went back in each season by season obviously it's an i bought it more recently but whatever yeah um and also, it was just a really great season. Um, it was the last time we finished, uh, I think, above 17th. We finished 17th or lower every season since. We finished 10th this year. We were, like, right in the playoff mix for ages, and we just dropped away at the end. Uh, it was Gary Rowett's only full season at Blues. And a really mad stat here. So, this is eight years ago, this kit was. John Eustace managing these first two games at Blues, first three games, including the Cup game this season it's the first time since Gary Rowett that a Blues manager has started two consecutive seasons as Blues manager which is insane like so in that time we've had that, that else, is mental that's crazy we've had uh who's like the next season Redknapp started one uh Monk um Petlatet you missed, you, I took, you Sure, but Zola didn't even start a season. Zola was no, in the middle. No, that's true, yeah. So, and because Steve Cottrell was another one, he never even started a season. Um, Clotet, Karanka, Boya. I think that's everyone. And now useless. That's a crazy stat. But yeah, I have a lot of... Uh, it was a great season. And this kit, I was in my first... We were in our first year at uni when this season yeah. was going on. And just, yeah, just a great time. Great memories. Really good team. You know, we lost to you, sadly, in the cup. But uh, in our first week, our worst ever team. <laughs> yes, yeah, sadly, somehow. I, we, we, I'd argue with a better team that night as well. I remember that game very well. But, um, uh, if I, I remember the first half, you battered us. Actually. Yeah, yeah, and I remember Jack Magoma missed a one-on-one, which would have would have made it one-one as well. But those wounds will heal another day, I'm sure. Yeah, that's always been one of my favourite kits of yours in the modern era, actually. Yeah, and there's something about a sash design. A sash design kit, I just love if it's done well. Yeah, I, I think um, this might it's, it might sound like a weird thing to say as well, but it is like 
for a blues kit, it's like the perfect shade of blue, if you know what I mean, for me. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we've had, yeah. it kind of has varied over the years. Um, but yeah, I really like this sort of tone. Um, so yeah, I didn't, it's the only Carberini kit I've got as well, actually. But, um, but yeah, that's why I'm wearing it. Shall we get into um, the weekend? Yeah, I guess we must. Um, yeah. Shall we start with the Premier League? Get yeah, out so of the we'll way. The massacre of St. James's Park out the way. <laughs> We were truly humbled at the weekend. Truly, so I truly see, humbled. I didn't see. I went to Blues. I, I unfortunately didn't see any of the real game. I was um I was out afterwards. So you're gonna have to fill me in here. What what happened? I was I was shocked to see the score. Genuinely shocked. I I was shell shocked as well. Um and and so was so so was everyone else. I think in the pub. Um, weirdly, quite a lot of Newcastle fans in this pub at Marlborough, <laughs> or people yeah. wanting Newcastle to win. It was a bit strange. Mm. Um, but it was like the first one there half an hour was a bit almost a bit like a basketball game in terms of like Newcastle scored very early on we pretty much went down the other end and scored and then they went back down the other end and scored um, and no team could real get a proper grip on the game in the first half Newcastle may be the better team but I don't think we were we weren't terrible and we were certainly in the game and competitive um, the Tyrone Mings injury probably changed the game completely and it's a really frustrating one and a really sad one mm-hmm. um obviously earlier on like two days previous we've lost emmy buendia for the season who'd had an unbelievable pre-season he'd been looking really really good was would have started at the weekend probably ahead of leon bailey yeah. um who got hooked at half time because uh, his performance in the first half was not very good mm. um wasn't the only one but his one uh right hand side was very very or throughout the game and, and very much so in the first half. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember saying this when Dean, just before Dean Smith got sacked, um, that Leon Bailey I found really frustrating to watch because he has got a lot of talent going forward, although he probably tries to do too much, but he doesn't do the defensive side of the game. And Matty Cash, I really like Matty Cash, um, but he was a winger converted to a fullback. So he's probably not going to be the best fullback or defensive fullback you've ever had. I think, you know, almost a bit like a Trent Alexander-Arnold, almost. Yeah. He's an all right fullback, but his main attributes are going forward. And I think Matty yeah. Cash is a bit like that. You think he suits a back three, maybe, more than a back four? I think he would suit a back three massively. And I think so would Luca Dean, actually. Um, so when, Le- but when Leon Bailey doesn't track back and help Matty Cash, he's got more to do... And I think it's a bit harder and it's been, a, I guess it's a, been a problem for a while. Um, it wasn't last season under Emery because Leon Bailey had played as part of the front two and Emmy Buendia, when the two of them were on the pitch, would be that sort of right-sided attacking player or it'd be John McGinn, um, who who is is such a good box-to-box player, really. And then Ezri Konza's dropped an absolute clangor. He'd actually had a decent game up until the point where he's made a really poor mistake for the third goal. And we just fell apart at that point and we just just completely collapsed. And it was just gobsmacking to watch. Um, our back line was so disorganised. We tried to play the high line. I'm not going to slate the high line because it's worked so well for us. And look, in the same way when you pass out from the back, it's, the, it's how the modern game is if you want to be a successful team. You need to play a high line and play out from the back. But you're going to make mistakes and you will get punished for it from time to time. It happens. It's going to happen. Yeah. 
But there was a point where we probably should have abandoned the high line at the weekend and we didn't. We went to a back five, we tried to keep it and it was just so unorganised and so disjointed that all Newcastle had to do was put a ball over the top and Harvey Barnes or Anthony Gordon would run onto the end of it and we were all over the place. Yeah. Um, and whether that's because Tyrone Mings is more than just a great defender for us, but he's a leader and he organises that back line, um, whether it was was that, um, have they said how long they think played. he's? Have they said how long they think he's going to be out for? A very vague statement, which probably it's it's most likely out for the season. It looks like I mean, an ACL. It could be worse for him that. as well. It's, um, I mean, his form. It sounds like under Emery, his, his form improved so much last season. He must yeah. have been thinking um, Euros next year. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? He's just got back into the England squad. Yeah. And he, he's out of Euro 2024. Because I mean, that's even, a, that's, because even if he does come back in, say, I don't know, February, he's not he's lost his place in the England squad. Yeah. He's not in the next squad, is he? And those squads typically, would, once you get in them, yeah. you'll stay there. And Unless you're the first name on the team sheet, which yeah. timings isn't in the England squad. Yeah, and he's kind of notorious for, like, Southgate for... A good few months before the tournament, he'll he's pretty much picked his team, hasn't he? Like he very yeah, rarely yeah. throws a wild card in, or although he's done it before with um obviously Calvin Phillips and um who's the other one who we took to the World Cup? James been, Madison. Like, yeah, like he does things like that. Um, taking people who maybe haven't played all that much or have been injured for a long time, so you never know. But for for him personally, that is that must be gutting, you know. Yeah. For him to get back to the level he was at, you know, because he really dropped under Gerard. Yeah. I mean, a lot of players did a, a did, yeah. did a, um, but he was probably one of the big sufferers of that, yeah, that era. Um, so, and also, of course, he came to us when we were in the championship, promotion, survived relegation, qualified for Europe. He won't actually get to play in Europe this season. Oh. Um, it's probably quite gutting as well. I mean, we literally have the playoff in like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, was this the worst performance under Emery? Yeah. I think by so. Like, by, um, I mean, it's, it's certainly it's mad as well because last time you played Newcastle, you thumped them. It was like three yeah. 0 and that's only a few months. Yeah, ago. yeah. And the thing is, though, you look at the two starting 11s for us that day. There's quite a few big omissions, and we tried to go to St James's Park, which is probably the hardest, one of the top two hardest away days of the year. I'd say that and Manchester City. Um, yeah. It's never going to be easy on the opening day when everyone is buzzing on the opening day. Everyone wants to be at home on the opening day because everyone's excited for the new season. Um, Live on Sky as well, evening game. Yeah. Like, they're going to be bang up for it, aren't they? Yeah, um, but we had no Jacob Ramsey, no Buendia, uh, no Alex Moreno. We actually played Leander Dendonka that day, who's injured at the moment as well. Oh, right. Um, so quite a few players missing from that start in 11, um, really. It is what it is. The result was neither in nor there, really, for me. The big thing was the injury to Tyrone Mings. Sure. And that's for me, was more important than the result. With um, Obviously, it's only one game, but does it does it change your like perception of the next few games and where you're maybe at or anything like that? Because I feel like I a lot of Villa fans seem to be really excited. A lot of people and a lot of neutral fans seem to be really excited about Villa as well. Yeah, I mean... F- for me, I mean, we've lost two big players in the space of a week, so we are probably going to dabble back into the transfer market. I'm never a big fan of buying like seven players in a transfer window. I think if you improve, you really only want about four, maybe five, 
just to add to what you've got and you lose a few players as well. I don't think it will replace Tyrone Mings because we've already got four, four, four centre-backs already. Whether we'll, It looks like we're going to replace Emi Buendia. We're not replace Emi Buendia, but buy, uh, get this guy on loan from Galatasaray to sort of take that role. Um, but it's an opportunity for players to step up. Philippe Coutinho... It's a great opportunity for him. Is he still with you? Is, is, is he still at Villa? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he came, he, he he came on at the weekend. I was so convinced he'd go to Saudi or Saudi Arabia with Gerard yeah. or something. That seemed inevitable. And then uh, Jaden Philogene Bidace as well. It's a great opportunity for him as well. So yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see. But um, in terms of like expectations, for me, my expectations for the season were. If we finish anywhere near where we did last year, we've had a good season. The main thing for us is the conference league. And yeah. It's what I said to my people who were West Ham fans last year, that that is your season because that is a winnable trophy for yeah. you. We don't need to try and finish. If we, I don't think we're going to finish in the top four anyway. So maybe, you know, you're looking at, oh, maybe we'll try and get into that Europa League spot. Go and win the conference league. Let's talk about you because it's a complete new era at Birmingham City this year. Um, yeah. Tom Brady involved. Um, Tom Brady. What's the name of the new owner? Yeah, our new owner is called um, Tom Wagner. He's a businessman who owns a company from a company called Knighthead based in New York. And so his first home game was the Leeds game on Saturday under their ownership. And I've renewed my season ticket this year and it was... I've genuinely not heard a noise in St Andrews before, uh, quite like that than the one before kickoff in probably ten years. And bear in mind, the lower tiers are all still closed in the Tilton and Cup, so the capacity was only twenty thousand. And it was, it it was absolutely like rocking. Honestly, it was a really special, really special day. Uh, it's kind of mad to think how quickly things change as well. Like a few months ago, it felt like the club was just finished and like. We're never going to get out of this rut and, and so on. Everyone was seeing it as a matter of time before you went down. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But now it's like a complete... I'm not, and don't get me wrong, I'm not expecting like amazing things amazing things on the pitch this season. But I, for the first time in a very, very long time, I feel very positive about Blues and I feel like we are genuinely at the start of something really just going back in the right direction. Everything just feels so much better. Communication with the fans has been absolutely excellent. Tom Wagner's putting open letters out, as is Gary Cook, who's the new CEO um, and is a lifelong Blues fan. Their communication with the fans has been excellent. They've made loads of renovations to the outside of the ground. It's only small things, but the outside of the stadium just looked so much better. They put the big badge on on um, the outside of the cup and just it all looked very run down before and just looks so much better now. And before kickoff, they made a real effort. They had a great tribute to Trevor Francis. Uh, Jasper Carrot came out and read a speech, which was uh, really lovely, I thought. And just little things that, like, as the players came out, they came out with like the, the fire, like you know, like the f- the flamethrower things. Mm-hmm. So like it was really epic, yeah, and yeah. they kept coming out. And as they walked past the dugouts, like a series of fireworks went off. And oh, I was wow. like, it, it, it might seem like really sort of materialistic stuff, but I was like, it was a statement of them saying like, for, for context, the Blues the last few years, I look at, I go to games and I'd be like kind of mystified as to how they even managed to put a match day on, because it's just so incompetent on every level, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, like, everything about the club just felt so run down and pathetic. And the, the, oh, before kickoff, I was like, this is what happens when you have people that actually make an effort and actually seem to care. And the whole Tom Brady thing came as a huge... 
I knew he had connections to Tom Wagner, but it's a huge, it was a huge surprise to see him actually involved in this way and very surreal to see him actually like at the game. It's like, I don't follow the NFL at all. And even I know Tom Brady is. Yeah. Um, and I've seen people saying it's like a publicity stunt and so on. But even if it is, if it means that people's eyes are on the club and you're inviting someone like him along and he's at the game, you've got to make an effort, if you know what I mean. And you kind of, it yeah. ups the stand, it ups everyone's standards. And that's what it really felt like on Saturday. Um, and then the game was absolute crap. Like it was a really, really good <laughs> um, Leeds, I don't know, Leeds, are, I know they've got a lot of squad issues, but they were absolute dross. They were so poor. Um, I don't envy Daniel Fark's job there this year at all. No, they, it feels like they really haven't resolved their transfer business at all. And now the, the season's rolling and they've still got players wanting to leave and haven't replaced them. But we were pretty poor as well. Kevin Long had a few free headers from corners, which he missed. Um, but other than that, the game was honestly really uneventful. And then in the 91st minute, uh, Dan James, so Siriki Dembele is one of our new signings, put a crossfield ball across, right back Ethan Laird, tears in on the opposite side, gets into the box. And uh, Dan James takes his feet from under him. We get a penalty. And the man, my man, my favourite ever Blues player, Lukas Jukovic, steps up as he does with every penalty he's ever taken. He just twatted it down the middle. That's all he does. There's literally no plan B. (laughs) Melier literally got a foot on it and the ball still went in, thankfully. And it was fantastic. Like, what a noise in St Andrews. Did a touchdown celebration, which I love. Um, It just felt, it was just a great, not a great game, but if you're beating a newly relegated team on the second game of the season, that is, I'll take that all day long. Yeah. And I'm just really excited by, like, I feel like we've now got, and it's still such a work in progress, but we've got a young, exciting squad. I thought Ethan Laird at right back, who's 21, just coming from Man United, he was fantastic. I thought Deion Sanderson, who's finally signed permanently, and he's now the captain, he's only 23. He was absolutely terrific. And uh, Ivan Sunyit just come back from his loan at Hertha Berlin. Kind of seemed like the forgotten man at Blues. Had a great first six months with us in 2019. But he kind of kind of fell off a cliff after that. Really became a shadow of himself. But has come back now. Apparently had a really bad loan at, in Germany as well. In his last year of his contract now, he came back and he was absolutely everywhere. Him and Bielik were fantastic in the middle. Um, it was a really weird game because like it, it felt intense. It felt like there was a lot of closing down, a lot of energy. But neither team could kind of get into when it would come to the final third. The final ball was of either end. The final ball was just always really poor. There was really not many clear cut chances at all. But yeah, I'll take a win any day against Leeds, and that's after a good draw away at Swansea, a really good win away in the cup at Cheltenham. I know it's only Cheltenham, but apparently we played really well. So I'm really positive, really enthusiastic about the new season. Like when you're enjoying going to matches and you know you're you've got that bounce and you know you're looking at the fixtures and go we can get a result here you know yeah. it just changes your complete outlook. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And like I say, like it was a poor quality match, but if we're to go toe to toe with the team like Leeds, despite the mess that they're in, and get a result, I'll, I'll take that all day long. Honestly, I think um and uh, a ninety-first minute Yukovic's winner. I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. His eighth season with us now, our longest serving player. Um, so I, I think he fully deserved that as well. Shout out to a former Villa man, um, not necessarily for positive reasons, but Scott Hogan, <laughs> I would imagine, was probably quite miffed. We, we've said this before in our conversations that Hogan, as I'm sure you know from your time at Villa, 
If he's scoring for you, he's great. If he's not yeah. scoring for you, he's doing nothing else. He's a, a proper passenger at times. And he, he was absolutely... I'm not necessarily blaming him because, as I say, the final ball was quite poor for a lot of the game. I think he didn't have a lot of service. Um, he's pretty much got a new three behind him as well. Like, I think it was Anderson, um, who's coming from Blackpool. Uh, who else? Uh, Dembele and Bakuna, who he knows. But um, So it might take a while for them all to click. But anyway, Hogan did not have a sniff all game. Then he got subbed off in the 88th minute. In the 91st minute, we got a penalty. Duke, first touch, scores it. Hogan would have been on that penalty otherwise. I mean, that's <laughs> quite funny. Um, so I bet he was pretty, pretty pissed off about that. Fixtures for the new week. So yeah. I assume you're on Saturday at three o'clock, Dan. Yeah, we got um, we got Bristol City this weekend. Who, uh, so we're away at Ashton Gate, which has been. I think we lost we lost there last season. It was four two, I think. But that was the first time we'd lost there in years. We had like an unbelievable record at Ashton Gate. Got some genuinely some amazing memories from beating them away. I think it was something mad. I think we've won there like nine out of the last. 11 or 12 or something. Got an absolutely phenomenal record there. Um, but they've started the season really well as well. Um, yeah. I think they're level on points. I know it's only two games in, but they won their cup game and I think they beat Millwall away, which is a really tough place to go. And I think they drew Preston uh, this week, just gone. So we're, we're same identical records as far. Um, so my logic is always win your home games, draw your away games. I'll take a draw yeah. all day long. And um, I can't see him changing the team too much. Uh, maybe if he's fit, I'm not sure if he will be. Tyler Roberts, I could see maybe going back in. Um, I'd like to see a bit more of him. He had to miss the Leeds game, unfortunately. But yeah, I have uh, I can't seem to change it too much because the team's been really impressive so far. And uh, you, uh, who have you got this weekend? So we have Everton on Sunday in the dreaded two o'clock slot, but it's on television this week. Oh, okay. It's on Sky Sports. Um, at Villa Park. So, unfortunately, at Villa Park. Unfortunately, I can't go because I was really looking forward to going to the first time. Armchair fan. Armchair fan. Yeah, I won't even be able to watch it live. I'm going to have to do the classic: <laughs> avoid the result, watch it later. Oh yeah. So, um, I enjoy that though. I enjoy doing that. It's yeah. better than just like what, keeping up with it on your phone or something. Yeah. Um, there's a very good chance I can end up watching it on my flight on Monday morning on the plane. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> nice. Where are you off to this um, time, Jet Setter? Uh, I'm off to Barcelona for Very a week. Nice. Very nice. Working. Working. Oh, okay. It's not Fair a holiday. Fair enough. You can't um, squeeze a new camp tour in. Well, this... I'll talk about the video game in a minute, but I'm so <laughs> frustrated, Dan, because I knew this event was in the calendar, and I was oh, yeah. like, it's going to be a... should be a relatively quiet event. In my, I might be able to go do the stadium tour. That's what I want to yeah. do. They've only got to knock it down a week ago. Barcelona are, are they, playing there this season. I know they're not playing there, but have they actually... Have they yeah, actually, they've, what, they've, they... they've knocked at least one stand down. Oh, that's ridiculous. Because we were talking about... So again, we'll get back to the football in a sec. But we were <laughs> talking about a city break. So we were talking about Barcelona. Uh, and then we're like, but Barcelona aren't playing there this season. So we're not... Like, yeah. all of a sudden, no, we're not going to go. It's like, we'll go yeah. wait or something. <laughs> that's typical, man. That's typical. We're playing on Everton at home. Um, weirdly, the second game of last season was Everton at home, and that was our oh, first home game of the year, and that was on telly. And, so, uh, well, and you, was it, you lost, did you? No, we won two one. Sorry, um, oh, right. Danny Ings and Emmy Buendia scored, and Luca Dean scored an own goal as well. 
Gosh, he is a long time in football. It was Gerard versus Lampard back then. Yeah. Oh, BT, wow. BT Sport were loving it. <laughs> oh, I can imagine, yeah. Of course they were. Well, TNT is their known now. Uh, but Everton, of course, lost their first game of the season to Fulham on Fulham Saturday. Home, so, yeah. And then there's been there's been a lot of negative press around them this week, this weekend. So um, somebody died at the yeah. new stadium, which is really, really sad. Terrible. Um, and then also uh, Neil Mope. I mean, I haven't seen the highlights from their game, but by all intents and purposes, he had a shocker and missed a lot of chances and got uh, some awful abuse on social media that they've had sorry. to come out and... Sorry, Callum, I've got to stop you there. I do not believe for a second that Neil Morpai was missing chances. I'm sorry, that's, that, that just doesn't sound like Neil Morpai at all. If you go back through our WhatsApp group and can find... If you search mm-hmm. Morpai in our WhatsApp group and you find when he signed for Everton, yeah. I just I say, I just don't get it at all. It's what a terrible sign. He doesn't score, ever. He works yeah. really hard, but he doesn't score. I don't understand why people rate him so highly. I'm sorry. Yeah. Regardless, so... no room for abuse against him, obviously. Of course. Um, so, yeah, um, big game for both clubs. I back us to win. Um, it'd be interesting to see the team because I don't know how much he'll change, really. Obviously, well, I, it, the centre-back partnership is going to be really interesting and whether he drops Matty Cash or not because there's a good chance that may be happening. So, I genuinely couldn't predict our team. Cool. I so, um, Yeah, I could see you winning as well. I think Everton are really weird. I really like Sean Dyche, but I just don't. I don't think they've invested. I mean, they haven't really bought particularly well, have they? The squad's pretty much the same as it was last year. And it feels like... Yeah, they've added Ashley Young, haven't they? Um, oh, of course they have. Is that yeah. it? Which is probably a decent buy. I mean, on a free. I can see why someone of his like experience would benefit. But um, I feel like... He was this... great for us last year as well. He was he brilliant. Was, yeah. And was unlucky not to get a new deal. I mean, he's been good for a lot. He's, he has been good for his old career, pretty much, to be fair, hasn't he? Like at Inter and everything, he was terrific. But um, I feel like with all this stadium stuff hanging over them, it feels like just bad news comes out all the time with them. Well, we'll see. Our record against them is very good, so I would be quite hopeful. So. Yeah. Didn't you have them this second game? Uh, you had them this... I don't know why you remember this. The season you came up, you had Wesley scored against them. That was, yeah, that was our second home game, but the third oh, okay, game okay. of that season. Oh, where okay, we got you. 2-0. Yeah, yeah. Hotter played. I remember that. That was his only league assist. He got an assist. He got an assist. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. Hotter to Wesley. Hotter. That, we'll do a hotter, that is yeah. a pub quiz question. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. point, isn't it? That's a one-off. We'll do a, we'll do a hotter special Blues and Villa legend one day. I, I think that'll lead us in quite nicely to our next section, Dan, as well. Oh, yeah? Yes. What the people come for. Let's play a game. Yeah. Because I think we've, we've covered everything that we were going to cover, I think, haven't we? Absolutely. Would you like to play this game I've devised? It's called Squad Number Bingo. Let me tell you how it works. And play along if you're listening at home as well, or on YouTube, or Spotify, or whatever. Um, so me and Dan are going to sort of work together, but sort of not here, to find the right answer. So we're going to find a player who's played for both Second City teams, uh, and we need to get their combined squad number total. So I'm going to use an example of a player that doesn't play for both, because otherwise we lose one of our very limited yeah, number the, of players. The only problem with this is because we've practised it on a few podcasts as well, we've run out of a lot of players. <laughs> we'll be able to go back to some of them, I don't true, remember. Yeah, I've forgotten half of them. Yeah, some true. of them, but... Um, but for example, if we use Danny Ings at West Ham and Aston Villa, obviously he's played for we're only taking those two clubs. His numbers at Villa were 20 and the number nine. 
And at West Ham, he's only had the number 18. So the squad number bingo would be 47. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got you. I've spun the wheel. And it has popped out. Oh, we've got a nice easy one to start, Dan. Okay. Dwight York. <laughs> Dwight York, who played for Blues about 13 or 14 times. Honestly, side story. I texted you about this recently. Yeah. I did not know Dwight York is Harvey Price's father. I just did not know that. Did you know that? I, yes. I knew, I, I I knew heard, that him I and Jordan like, had a kid together. But... When I heard that, I was like, what? Dwight York? What? That's random. Like, I just never, never in a million years that I've thing. But anyway, that's a side. That's, we'll do a part on that another day on Dwight York's misadventures. But, um, right. He was obviously much more popular at Villa than he was at Blue. Much, or was there for a lot longer anyway. Yeah, I don't know about popular these days because I mean the, the the running gag with Dwight York and Aston Villa at the moment is that whenever we sack a manager, is that he applies for the job and <laughs> he doesn't get the job. Yeah. Say that, oh, you know. But he was he, as a player, he's with me for a long time. He's got a lot of roles. Yeah, and then I think he went to Man United and upset yeah. pretty much every Villa fan by doing that. Yeah, I think he's slightly before our time, really, as a uh, Villa at least. Yeah, I don't, I don't even remember about Blues to be honest. That's how long ago it was. About twenty years ago. Yeah, I, I, I mean, did he play for you in after he played for Villa? I guess. It yeah, start. it was. Um, Bruce signed him. It was. I think it was the year before we got relegated for the first time. So it'd be like, yeah, two thousand four or something like that. Um, I think he scored like once or twice, but yeah. I mean, I don't really have a lot to go off. Um, no. I, I would imagine he was like. A, he only had a good number, like a proper. Yeah. And he, he was of that era as well, where your best players had numbers one to eleven, like your yeah, main sure. starting eleven. Not like today, where you've got like Declan Rice is forty-one and yeah, yeah, and Trent Alexander-Arnold sixty-six. Yeah, so I'm gonna say he had one number for Blues or Villa. Is this? So, oh yeah, I'm guessing I'm guessing the Blues numbers there, aren't I? So. Are you really a marquee signing for you? I could imagine. From my memory, I don't even think he. Ca- I think he came in midway through a season. Is my memory, and I think he left. I mean, he maybe left at the end of that season. I think it was because Forsell got injured, maybe. I'd so he would have been nine. Heskey was there as well already, and Clinton. I guess if the number nine was taken, the number eighteen probably comes to mind. Cool. Is that your number? He would have only had one number. He only would have had one, so yeah, we'll go with the number 18. Cool. I'm going to say for Villa, he would have been, you say, you think about, he would have been like, you know, the main numbers, 1 to 11. Uh, I'm going to say Dwight York. Probably only had one number, even though he was there for quite a while. Number nine. I've got it up here. Oh my God. Oh my God. No. We are so. No, no. What is this? Oh my what god! What is it? Get your calculator out, Dan. Okay, here we go. Birmingham, C- Birmingham City. He had the okay. number thirty-three. Oh my! Aston Villa. He had the numbers. Numbers. 14, okay, here we go. Fourteen. Eleven. Eleven. Seven. Seven. Eighteen. Eighteen. Oh, you did say eighteen. Um, no and then he had 14, 11, 8. Oh, so the number 8 had that in that. 
Uh, add the number 12 in there. Uh, number 10 is number the last 10. number you need to add. <laughs> cool, all right, so bear with me. 33 and 10 is 43, and 12 is 55, and 8 is 63. Uh, and 18 is uh, 73, uh, 81. And 7 is 88, and 11 is 99. And 14 is 113. So we said 27. The correct answer is 113. Oh. Oh we were, how far off were we? About we hundred out. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty damn far off. Um, yeah, we were eighty. Bloody hell, my maths is, is terrible these days. We were <laughs> we were eighty six off, I think. Jeez. Yeah, we we're eighty six off. Good job, Cal. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you I think three I am, numbers I am, are even there enough. Yeah, I think I am mostly responsible for that. I did number nine, and the about hundred of them were. Numbers. Let's hope we do better next week. Hopefully we have an easier one. Maybe Hesky or something will be quite easy, I think. The only way is up from there, isn't it? The only way is up. And the only way is up for Villa at the minute because we had a terrible result this week. Um, yeah. But enjoy the game against Everton anyway. It's live on Sky. Good luck at Ashton Gate, I suppose. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to try and catch the game on um, on WM. After. I mean, I'm in work, but I'll try and catch it on, uh, on WM afterwards. Uh, so thank you for listening, and if you have enjoyed today's podcast, please do subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you are listening on or on YouTube. And leave a five-star review while you're at it as well. You can also follow us on Twitter, TikTok. You can find us with the handle at Second City Pod. That's Second City Pod. 2ND, not the word second. Oh, yes, yes, 2ND, remember that. Um, Cal, great catching up with you again. And um, Pleasure. We'll chat this time next week, I think. Yeah. Catch you next week, Carl. Take care. No worries. See you later.